0: Welcome to Organics Unpacked, a podcast for the business-minded organic grower, an interview podcast where we hear from the top experts in the commercial organic industry. With a focus on the business elements of organic growing, both in and out of the field, you will gain insight and grow your operation. This show is brought to you ad-free by Ave Organics, a Wilbur Ellis company. To learn more about Ave Organics, visit our program notes. In the meantime, enjoy the show. Hello,
1: everyone. Thanks for tuning in today. Welcome to a new episode of Organics Impact, a podcast where we discuss organic farming from a practical view. I'm your host, Tom Buman. Today, I'm joined by Bryce Earlbeck and Steve Sinkula. Bryce is the Director of Business development for AgriSecure. And Steve is the CEO of AgriSecure. Bryce and Steve are going to share with us some of the information on transitioning from kind of more traditional farming to organic farming and some of the services that might be uh, available to farmers in helping them do this transition. Uh, Welcome to the the program, both Bryce and Steve.
2: Thanks, Tom, Tom. glad to be here.
1: Yeah, so Bryce, I know that um, you know, AgriSecure, the company that you and Steve have, have started, largely has grown out of your your efforts to transition from more of a traditional farming to an organic farming. Can you talk a little bit about what that transition was like and kind of the positives and maybe the negatives of what you found in transitioning to organic farming?
3: Yeah, I think uh, one of the biggest things you learn is probably five years down the road that, uh, in conventional, it's, pretty a set, it's a set process, meaning we're going to plant corn or we're going to plant soybeans. We have to make very few decisions in, in conventional farming, and there's a bunch of information around those decisions. Uh, in organic, none of that exists. It's, a, it's an evolving door. You, do, you think you have something figured out and then something else happens and you have to, to move again and to uh, create a whole new ecosystem on, that, uh, on each individual farm. Uh, when we started out, uh, we, we transitioned through alfalfa, which we got lucky, uh, figuring that out, and uh, moved into what we thought would be a corn and soybean rotation and quickly realized that's not sustainable. We had to figure out how to get alfalfa and small grains back into the rotation. So it's been a revolving door of information, learning, decision making for the last about five years where, you know, I, I want to say this year we we kind of have it figured out uh, where we're headed in the future, but I'm sure after this year we'll, we'll make a few more changes and and switches. So it's really that mindset that uh, takes more than the actual work and and actual production of of how you understand how you think about things, Uh, not in the conventional world, but an organic world. Otherwise, you'll drive yourself crazy trying to make everything perfect.
1: So I understand Bryce from the sustainability portion and that soil health why you want to trade over. But there must have been more in it for for you than the sustainability part why did you actually make the choice to to transition
3: yes and to be fair on the sustainability part it's a, it, it, there's two sustainabilities one is the the sustainability of the environment and the social sustainability which we we strive for that too but uh we when I talk about sustainability and organic it's being there in five years uh, A lot of people take for granted that they're organic, but the the staying power in organic is is more difficult than getting there. Uh, But as far as walking through our progression, and it's very interesting following the other 70 plus producers we work with, uh, I've seen this progression too, is we started for the money. I mean, it it was an economic decision and, uh, you know, I'd say it's probably 90% economic decision. And then after the years, it really became because of, of what we wanted to do. Uh, and the satisfaction of, of accomplishing something rather than planting, spraying, and harvesting and hoping uh, for a, a penny or two. It, it became solving problems and solving issues and uh, creating, creating value that we get paid for our, our uh, knowledge and hard work. And being able to do something different than what everybody else is doing. So I think a lot of people start for the money, and the people that stay in it are doing it for the, the actual excitement and the things they're doing for their land.
1: Yeah. So is it fair to say it's a, a way of life that pays pretty good?
3: Yes, you have to, it is. You have to be careful to not make it your whole life because uh, it's very easy to do that and uh, to make it something that's fun and enjoyable, not something that you dread every year.
1: Yeah. So are you all organic on your entire operation, Bryce, or how, how does that look?
3: No, we're probably 70, 80% organic. Uh, there's definitely fields. Uh, in places that should never be organic, per se, in, the, in a conventional or row crop type of thinking, that uh, we just couldn't put them in there for tillage reasons and conservation reasons.
1: So you're not a person that believes organic or nothing. You have Correct. some crossover. I think there's very, probably very few things in the world
3: that's 100% or 0%. There's always got to be that balance of what makes sense. And, and each farmer has to make that decision.
1: Do you find that most farmers that you're in touch with, Bryce, kind of fit into that mold of some organic, some more traditional? Or how does that mix look in general? I know everybody's different.
3: Yeah, I would say a majority of people we work with are are economically minded, business minded, and and are making decisions that way. Uh, I know there's a lot of traditional organic farmers that have been doing it for a while and doing it very well. Uh, that started even before the premium was there, that uh, we work with a few of those guys, and it's good to learn from them. Uh
1: Okay, so I hear a lot about um, being a a certified organic farmer. Can you be an organic farmer and be certified and be an organic farmer and not be certified? Or are all organic farmers certified? What is that process
3: yeah, so you can, uh, you can be an organic farmer and be, not be certified, but you can't sell organic goods. I mean, anybody can label themselves, but to sell with the USDA label, you have to be organic certified through uh, the NOP. And so technically, yes, but there's people that are organic farming that aren't certified.
1: Okay, so if I go, if I take my eggs or my produce to a farmer's market and say that they're organically raised... That's one thing. But if I have a certification process, then that's those are kind of the same, but two different things.
3: Yeah. So it's a, getting into the technical details here, if you sell under five thousand dollars worth of revenue a year, you technically don't have to be certified to be organic. Uh, anything above that it, it, and anything above that, you would have to be NOP certified uh, to put the USDA label on it.
1: Okay. So let's talk a little bit about the certification program. And when you went through it on your farm, uh, I know anything that is uh, government controlled is not always easy, right? Um, There must have been some hurdles to go through or or not. Is it a pretty easy process? So
3: it's not a difficult process. It's tedious and it takes time and it takes a lot of uh, organization, which inherently, you know, including myself, most farmers lack uh, th- those, those traits. And uh, going through it, if you're going to spend all this time we found on our farm, why not be able to take this in- information and, and, and make it useful? And that's what we did at AgriSecure. So it, it's not, it's not uh, rocket science work. It just takes a lot of effort and time and organization to put it all together.
1: Okay. So I kind of think of that is that, you know, a farmer that has like the yield monitor and stuff like that, they have data they get, but they don't always use it. And you're kind of saying the same thing is that this, this effort of becoming certified generates a lot of data. The question is how do you really use that to, to make your operation more profitable or uh, improve your management?
3: Correct. I mean, we're gathering way more data than the average uh, American farmer just inherently that we need for a certification process. Uh, and, and the old way was to do it on pen and paper and to uh, put it in a shoebox or in a binder. If we can take all that data and digitalize it and utilize it, and, and it's so significant because that doesn't exist right now, we can go find a lot of information: when to plant conventional corn, when to plant conventional beans, when to put fungicide on. All that stuff is readily available, and we could find it in probably less than 30 seconds. Organically, that doesn't exist, and, it's, and especially when we start talking about crop rotation, small grains, peas, uh, all, that, all the agronomic data and understanding, that doesn't exist very readily, and, and statistically, it doesn't exist. So the, the more information we can collect and understand about what we're doing on our farms and being able to utilize that uh, has high ROI.
1: Okay, so tell me some of this stuff that for organic certification that you need to collect that the average farmer doesn't need. Yeah,
3: so we are we are keeping all the field level details for what went through that field, how many pounds were applied, how many uh, tons were applied, what seed varieties, back to the seed tag, back to the invoice. Uh, all the loads that come off that field of crane, where they exactly go at, exactly what price they are sold at, at exactly what date. Uh, every pass through that field from rodeo to cultivation to uh, uh, combining uh, to spraying to irrigation. And, and we keep track of all those costs as well. And there's, there's some conventional farmers that do that, but it doesn't all line up and connect every year. Uh, and very few
2: of them do it at that level. Okay. And, and, and Steve, do you have anything to add in on that, Steve? Yeah, I just want I just want to hop in. And you have to have all of that data available if a certification agent shows up on your farm. So when you're certified, you agree to allow them to do unannounced inspections, right? So just having the data or having that information somewhere, but not being able to access it and pull it up and answer those questions and verify it uh, isn't sufficient. You have to be able to... May uh, be ready for those sorts of annual certification audits and then unexpected or unannounced audits as well. And just one other thing I want to go back and just take a step back. So Bryce mentioned that the certification process, you know, isn't tedious. Uh, it isn't, isn't anything that you know, most people can't do, but it's, it's really tedious and a lot of work. And the other thing is that the NLP, the National Organic Program, covers everybody in the supply chain. And so the rules aren't necessarily black and white, there's some gray. And that's where working with somebody that can help you interpret what's in balance and what's out of bounds is really important because we find a lot of farmers, it's just kind of like your taxes. If you do your own taxes, you think you did it the right way, but you know sometimes you're uncertain and that creates a little bit of anxiety. And if you do do it the wrong way, there's a penalty to pay. And the same thing with certification. You know, You think you're doing it the right way, especially in transition, you think you're transitioning the right way. But if you do something that's out of bounds, it could uh, eliminate you from being able to certify those acres or if you are organic, it could mean that you can sell that crop organically because you did something wrong. Um, And so that's where that uncertainty, I think, creates a lot of uh, anxiety or stress for organic.
1: So so I sense it's not just a matter of being certified as an organic farmer, but there is a follow-up that you need to continue to provide information to somebody to stay certified. Is that that correct? Yep,
2: so every year you go through a reapplication process where you have to, again, share with everything you did the previous year, uh, whether you were transitioning or organically certified, lay out the plan, so your organic system plan or OSP for the following year, including what crops you're gonna raise, so what fields you're gonna do it in, what crops you're gonna raise, what inputs you're going to put in that field, including seed, fertility, and the other crop inputs, uh, and what your program is to make sure that you're um, maintaining all of the certification requirements from, you know, that first time you get in the field all the way to the point point of delivery for grain if you're a grain farmer.
1: Okay, and so um, the inspectors can can pop in, like you say, at any time. So I assume keeping like really good records of where your fertilizer came from, what was the source to prove that it's an organic fertilizer to come through that entire supply chain, seems to me like there might be a higher level of record keeping in organics than just saying, I went to the local co-op and I got, you know, so many pounds of anhydrous or something like that. Maybe keeping track of that supply chain is more important.
2: Yes, so you'll have to, for that, you have to show what fields you uh, applied, what product. And then for fertility, you're going to have to have a few things. You're going to have to have the invoices. Uh, and the NOP doesn't care about the cost. They just care about the fact that you actually procured uh, fertility from a certain source. And then you'll have to have uh, verified that in that fertility, there are no prohibited substances. So typically that's an affidavit. Uh, from the fertility supplier, um, or if it's an OMRI-labeled product, you can have to have the OMRI label uh, and the OMRI certificate associated with that. So that has to be a part of your record-keeping
1: package. Okay. So it does seem to me like there is a, a level of record-keeping in certified organic farming that maybe you wouldn't typically find in a, in a, a typical operation that, that a commercial farmer traditional farmer would have. So Bryce, have you found to be uh, um, when you when you think about the acres that are in your traditional farming methods and your acres that are in um, organic farming, are they? Do you have a higher level of record keeping in one or other? Is it just different information that you keep?
3: There's a much higher level of record keeping in, in in organic than conventional. I mean, conventional. You don't really have to do it, and so a lot of that just kind of gets put, a, put a, by the side. And organic, you have to do it, and so it, it's just a much higher level, much higher traceability and, and credibility to what's going on in, in the data the data set.
1: Okay, so let's let's transition here from talking about what organic farming is and the certification process to your platform of AgriSecure and what is it what it, so, a platform is a platform. You also must have some services that you provide along with the platform. But talk about what AgriSecure is, like why you developed AgriSecure, why you started the, the company, and what uh, organic farmer or farmer that is going to tradi- uh, transition to organic farming, like what do they get out of your, your products and services? I'll
2: let you answer that, Steve. Okay. okay.
1: So, you know, uh, AgriSecure
2: was founded by Bryce, myself, and two other farms that uh, transitioned to organic production around the same time, Uh and Bryce and the other founders got to know each other and started sharing information uh, around the transition process, and afterwards looked around and basically said, why aren't more farmers taking advantage of this opportunity? It has real economic benefits, and there's benefits for the sustainability of the ground, which is their biggest asset. It really came down to a few things. One, as Bryce mentioned earlier, there's just not good information on how to transition and how to be successful with organic production in the long term. Uh, second, uh, record keeping and certification uh, can be very time consuming. There's a lot of unknowns, uh, and their current record keeping systems typically don't work, so they have to invent something new there. Third, um, understanding the economics of of organics over the long term is needed because during transition, you're making an investment to transition those fields. So, understanding the return on that investment is critical. And then, they didn't know where to sell it, right? I mean, if you haven't been selling organics, there's a lot of unknowns around who's going to buy my crops and what might the price structure look like. And so, we launched or we built a system that has an online farm management tool. Uh, that allows our farmers to build their field plants and track every activity and then upload or digitize all the documents associated with their farm. So they can have that information at at their fingertips for certification purposes uh, and pull it out to give it to their certifier to uh, get their uh, annual organic system plan approved. Um, And then we we couple that. And then that also collects the economic information Uh, and yield information so they can understand what's working on my farm, what's not. And then we couple that with an account executive who can come in and do a few things, depending on where you are in your organic journey. If you're just starting transition or you've been organic for a few years, we can come in and help you understand, all right, what's working on your farm? What are other farmers doing that are working? What are common mistakes to avoid? And really kind of be a coach to help you build the right plan in the long term. And then we can manage the certification process for you. So uh, instead of being focused on making sure you have all your record keeping correct and filling out the application or going back back and forth with the certifier on a question, we manage that for the farmer. So the farmer can focus on, all right, what am I gonna do in the field or what am I doing in the fields to maximize my production and maximize my revenue? And then the final thing that we added on based upon feedback from our customers is an organic grain marketing advisory service so we can help our farmers understand what's happening in the the market at a macro level and then drill that down into all right what kind of marketing decisions should you make for your farm so when to sell who to sell to uh, to maximize uh, the revenue on your farm but also to manage the risks associated with price movement in the marketplace.
1: So there's a, a lot to unpack there, Steve. Um, yeah, sorry. Right. It's a lot, no, right. no. I mean, um, you know, when I first kind of ran into AgriSecure, I thought you were kind of like a, a precision ag platform where you kept records, but you are much more robust than that where you start really helping a farmer think from, I'm I'm trying to paraphrase. So if it's not right, let me know. But you're trying to help a farmer start from transitioning from, you know, more of a, a, a Commercial operation, or maybe a traditional operation, all the way through to being an organic farmer, then helping them get certified and helping them with record keeping and helping them with production and agronomic information, and then grain marketing too?
2: Yes. Yeah. So, you know, as somebody else at an organic conference said once, in transition, there's a transition that happens in the field, but there's also a transition that has to happen between your ears because it's a different type of farming and takes a different perspective or a time frame to think about. And that's one of the things we're really good at is helping you understand what works, what doesn't work but also to change, transition how you think about your farm and pressure test your planning to make sure
1: that you're ready to succeed. Right. So, th- do you call them agronomists, the people that are out helping? Is that the term that you use? We call them an account
2: executive, okay. uh, and and they do bring you know agronomy backgrounds and skills, but really it's it's kind of taking a step back and also looking at a, a broader picture, right? So part of it can start with how many acres should I transition that first year, right? Okay. And what fields might I transition, as Bryce mentioned before, not every field is gonna be in a good organic field. Okay. So let's take a look at your farm and figure out where you wanna start. And then how do you sequence in the acres that you're gonna transition over time?
1: Okay, so Bryce, if you, if you would have had your services of AgriSecure when you were starting, how would that transition have been different for you? What would have been the benefit to you? I would have
3: probably have grown corn the first year I've, I came out of alfalfa, and probably would have made another two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Rather, it's a just understanding those simple concepts. I probably lost two hundred fifty thousand dollars the first year of not understanding how to do organic when I got started. That's just a simple thing that I always go back to, uh, of even getting started in the simplest things of what rotation uh, to grow out of. It can be huge numbers even on a small amount of acres.
1: Okay, so uh, what's your um, geographic footprint? What crops do you cover? Like, so you've got these account executives and it must be hard to know everything from corn to beans to alfalfa to, to peas to lettuce and blueberries, but what's your geographic kind of footprint? And then what kind of crops do you specialize in if that's a fair question? Yeah,
3: so a, a geographic footprint is, uh, is mainly in the central Midwest with Iowa, uh, Nebraska, Minnesota, South Dakota, Illinois, in, in those states. But we reach all the way from Colorado to Ohio, uh, up to the uh, North Dakota and then down to New Mexico. And, and you know, the, the thing is we, we do a bunch of crops and we're not experts in all the crops or probably not in any of the crops to be honest with you. Uh, it's still taking the fundamental practices that uh, we have learned and incorporating them into whichever crop you you or whichever crop you grow, how to build sustainable rotations, how to use data to understand if they're working. Uh, and then how do you put an execution plan and, and understand if it worked or not? Uh, that execution plan was successful or wasn't successful and why did it not work and how do I change it next year? It's probably more important than for us saying, yeah, you know, a peas at the, this stage you need to do a fungicide. There's plenty of people out there that know that already, that we don't have to be experts on every crop, but we have to be an expert on understanding what's working, what's not working, and, and to how to identify those things.
1: Yeah, I got to believe that when you're transitioning to organics, you can make some really big costly mistakes, you know, and if you're getting into it, so what's take typically three years to transition to organics? Yep. And if you get into two, year two or something like that, where you've invested a lot of dollars into your transition and you make a mistake and then you throw the towel in and go back to kind of the old way of farming, I'm guessing there can be some pretty uh, tragic stories out there that can be told about that transition period.
3: Yeah, I mean, you can ruin, you can ruin a field uh, any year by not being on the ball, uh, letting weeds get uh, out of control uh, not having a plan to, if they get out of control, what to do? Uh, again, it goes to that long-term sustainability. Be, the staying power of in, in organic is more important to, than actually getting to organic. Uh, I think that's one thing that we've learned. An uh, agrosecure is a lot of people just just worried about getting there, but now you have to think about how to stay in it and be successful at it.
1: Right. So, how has your operation, Bryce, changed over time? Yeah, I think
3: uh, we've, we went from the economic thinking of short term to tying agronomics and economics at the hip together. Uh, looking at a 10-year view rather than a one or two-year view has actually made our lives a lot easier and more profitable uh, in the long run than than looking at it, the conventional agon like, view. I mean, the economics and conventional that we came from say, how much money can I make this year? Then don't worry about next year. In organic, it's how do I look at making the most money over 10 years while creating the the, the least amount of work and the most amount of efficiency? And, and, and that takes a lot of planning and execution from year one to year 10.
1: Yeah, and I, um, I got to believe that makes record keeping all the more important, right? I mean, if you're just in it for one year, you just look back on one year of record keeping and say, hey, you know, look like a good year or a bad year. But if you're in it for 10 years, it seems to me that you've got to start plotting out some trend lines and you know, look at past years together, not as individual years, but together.
3: And it's balancing crops and workload and uh, uh, revenues and costs. Uh, if you take a look at having alfalfa in the rotation, uh, you, you figure nitrogen, uh, uh, manure at a dollar a pound for nitrogen, If I can create 125 pounds of nitrogen uh, uh, with my alfalfa, I can reduce my cost uh, for the next year's crop as well. So it's all how all that stuff mixes and matches together.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's hard enough, I think, in a conventional system. I got to imagine it's even more difficult, but more important than the organic system. So Steve, how does the the AgriSecure platform help kind of inform farmers of where they're at when they're looking at this longer term outlook like what what type of products do you provide to really help with decision making there
2: so i I think there's a few different dimensions one part of it's just being uh part of a network of farmers uh so throughout the year our, our our members are trying new things on small scales on their on their farm and so part of it is sharing the successes and some of the challenges and failures that different farms have had as I look at what can I do next to help continue to improve my organic farm. Uh, and at times I can be steering them away from things that uh, might sound like a good idea uh, but are very difficult to execute on. So that's one part of it. And the second part is in the platform, we built in some analytical tools uh, to help them both look backwards Uh, and also plan forward. So uh, many of our farms have a rotation, kind of a rolling five-year crop rotation on each of their fields. And so when they look at that, excuse me, you can look at, pull out some information on expected revenues and expenses and say, all right, how does this map out, you know, I too corn heavy uh, in a couple of years? And if so, what do I need to do to to balance my rotation? And the other thing is that we have a planning tool that we call, Field plan grid which looks at how many acres you have to get over by activity by time frame and so you can really look at that and say all right man do I have the capacity to get this much work done uh, within you know May or June and if you don't then you either have to do a few things you have to balance your rotation a different way or you have to add capacity in your farm. So some of those tools really help both on the what did my economics look like in the long term. Uh, do I have the right rotation from that perspective? And uh, also, do I have the operational capacity to execute? Because in organics, when you make, when you get behind, it's really hard to get caught up, if not right. impossible. And then they have that layer of looking at being part of a network where they can kind of benchmark and, and understand what others are doing and they're learning uh, and incorporate that into their farm. So it's not just learning on your own farm, it's expanding
1: that out in Yeah so um, I think it's important to be able to always benchmark against other farmers that are kind of in that that same position that you are but I never really thought about the the idea I mean everybody knows that if you're going to go to organic farming lots of things change and you have more management more labor but balancing that labor out across your acres and throughout the year seemed like a really important thing and uh, a tool to do that seems like it could really be helpful to help farmers think through that.
2: Yeah, I think uh, it's been something that, you know, like you, not you know, a lot of farmers when they're first getting into organics don't think about that, uh, and we talk about it, or At least I talk about it in terms of you know, it's your rotation, you know, creating creating capacity for you. So by integrating uh, alfalfa or small grains, you know. The, the fact that those activities are asynchronous, does that mean that you can really focus on your corn and soybean crops? Um, or is it set up so, you know, there's some real lumpiness in, uh, in it and then how do we balance that out? I think that's where having somebody else take a look at your plans for your farm can really be beneficial because sometimes, you know, you can't see the forest for the trees, you get too close to what you're doing to see some of of the potential challenges you might be creating and so you know whether it's agri-secure or another somebody else who understands organic farming i think an organic farm really benefits from having somebody take a look at what they're doing and pressure test it right
1: so bryce when you set out transitioning um and you kind of started to develop the idea of agri-secure how close are you to getting to your your vision of where you wanted to be is AgriSecure everything that you anticipated or is there still more to come?
3: Uh, I think one of the biggest learning things is, is less is better. Uh, when we started out AgriSecure, we wanted to be everything to everybody uh, and, and we're quickly realized that uh, less is better. So I think we're, we are uh, we are where we need to be. Uh, obviously there's always the opportunity to add things on, uh, but uh, doing, doing a few things very well is more important than uh, having a lot of different aspects to to the business. So focusing on making certification efficient and getting information to farmers that uh, uh, need it to make decisions, whether it's farming or uh, marketing your grain, I think are two places that we can make a a, uh, a impact on.
1: When you start working with a farmer, like how many acres do you have in the system now? And how do you even start connecting with AgriSecure. So I'm out listening to this podcast driving down the road, right? And I'm like, well, how do I connect with you guys? What is the the point of connection where I can find out a little bit more on what you offer, maybe get a, a personal connection going and find out some costs and, and things like that? Where do I start?
2: I think the easiest way to do that is to go to agrisecure.com. So the, go to our website. Uh, from there, you can learn a lot more about the services we offer. We also have a pretty robust blog uh, there that has lots of articles uh, about organic farming and important issues and our perspective on on that. So it's got a lot of good content, but also plenty of opportunities to uh, fill out a form to ask for a demo or for us to contact you. Um, the other thing you could do is follow us on YouTube or Twitter, um, you know, we're active in those channels as well. So, um, you know, on our YouTube channel, we have some field days from last year, uh, where we're talking about <clears throat> different crops and rotations that might be interesting. And then Twitter is just a, you know, also other things happening within the organic space.
1: Right. So, Steve, I did notice on your website that you do sponsor some field days. Is that right, where you go out to maybe some organic growers? That might be different in the last year with some of the restrictions we have on getting together or limitations on getting together, but uh, what do those look like?
2: Well, yeah, so typically uh, we'll pick three to four farms throughout a summer, uh, try to have them both uh, at different crops in different locations and pull together farmers from that area. And oftentimes we get people traveling several hours to come uh, and we'll get out into the field and talk about what we did in the field or the, farm, the farmer for that field did, what's working, what are some of the challenges. And then oftentimes try to find a gathering place close by to, to continue the discussion over a meal. Uh, this past year, we did those virtually um, because we weren't able to get together. Our hope is that this coming summer, uh, that we're all able to, to do those in person. Uh, and So that's the plan as of right now. And if you sign up for our newsletter on our website, we will also send you updates on events that we're having, whether it's field days, or if we're gonna be uh, having webinars as we do kind of throughout the year on specific topics of interest for for
1: farmers. Okay. Well, it's been a, a fascinating discussion and uh, I appreciate both of you getting on. But I do always kind of end by a question, and I'll ask each one of you a question a little bit different. But, but Bryce, if you had two minutes in a room with a farmer that was not in organic, was not certified for organic, and they were considering it in two minutes, what would you tell them? Um, that they need to think about or do in order to start that transitioning. And, you know why? Just in general, what would you want them to know? You know, I think that it really
3: starts with understanding why, what, how that farmer is thinking about the transition, organic production, uh, what what all encompasses doing this, and from the actual work to what equipment you have to purchase to the information learning that you have to, to be able to do, to the phone calls you have to be able to, to, to pick up the phone to, to get inputs to let making sure he's understanding everything that has to go on to do this. And that's the first step I like to go through with growers so they know the decision they're making. For us in AgriSecure and everybody else in the organic industry, if, if you don't know what you're getting into and don't understand it before you get in, getting into it, it doesn't work out well for anybody, Uh, And then what I, what I talked to a grower about after we were understanding what we're getting into is understanding what, uh, what has to be done and how you think about uh, the crop rotation. uh, What's the the short-term transition through the long-term organic crop production? I met with a a young, uh, not young, he's actually older than me, but younger in farmer terms, individual that we had one discussion and He's doing three years of alfalfa, two years of corn. I know he's going to be successful, uh, a very high chance of success. If a grower tells me I'm gonna do corn, soybeans, corn, soybeans for the next 10 years, uh, we have to rethink that. So the, the big part is making them under, understand. The second part is what does the future hold for them? And seeing if, if they understand where I'm coming from, understand you know, the, the importance of crop rotations, uh, how how you think about nutrients and all that that go into this crop rotation. And if they come through that with, uh, uh, you know, I wouldn't say fine colors, colors but uh, uh, their understanding that's the direction they have to go, it, it's getting in the nuts and bolts of building out what it actually costs to do a crop rotation in your area. For example, uh, looking through and, and where this individual was with alfalfa, there's a lot of cheap manure, so potassium and and phosphorus are not uh, high cost. We go into another area where we recommend alfalfa, where phosphorus and potassium are high cost, alfalfa might not work through it. So that third step is really dialing in to make sure organic actually works for you with all the cost and, and uh, uh, revenues that go into
2: it. Okay. Thanks, Bryce. So, 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 Bryce is going to parlay that two minute question into like a 15 minute to 30 minute discussion. So. <laughs>
1: No, it was two minutes, Steve. No, 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 Steve. I wanted to ask you. So you have two minutes in a in a room with the farmer, right? And what do you want them to know about AgriSecure that would get them thinking about giving you a call? Yeah,
2: you know, I would, I would, I would want them to know that AgriSecure, uh, the team at AgriSecure has walked in their boots, um, and as Bryce had mentioned. Uh, We launched AgriSecure because we didn't want other farmers to make the costly mistakes that our founders had made. And so we've designed the system and we often say by farmers for farmers, by farmers for farmers to help alleviate a lot of the pain points and a lot of the challenges and as much of the stress as we can in organic production. So they can have as much fun and rewarding and, and, and their farming can be as rewarding as possible. That's one of the things I really appreciate about what we do is that we have a great group of members within Secure uh, who are very passionate or becoming passionate about farming uh, organically uh, because they get to solve problems with good management uh, on their farm and they see the reward both financial and from a field health perspective of their efforts um and many of them have said look this has made farming fun again Um, so we hope we can help them do that and uh, do it as profitably as possible
1: okay thanks steve well both bryce and steve thank you for your time Uh, another great episode of organics unpacked really a lot of information kind of to think about and You know, I'd encourage anybody that's thinking about getting into organic farming or needs a little help, maybe to reach out and see what services these guys have available. And with that, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Organics Unpacked, where Mm -hmm. next week we'll be discussing another exciting aspect of organic farming. Till then, keep ideas coming in. If there's somebody you'd like me to interview, let me know. Thanks, everyone.
0: Thank you for listening to Organics Unpacked. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing and giving this show a five-star rating and review so we can continue to help organic growers improve their operations.